millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. 
www.fighterflare.com. Order now. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code code GOLD to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. noblegoldinvestments.com This performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. All right, folks, welcome back to ninoscorner.tv. I'm joined with Jason Miller, who has one hell of a story. Has one hell of a story. Uh, we, were, we were doing, we were recording yesterday, and then my, I ran out of storage space. I ran out of storage space. So we got to go through it all over again with Jason Miller. Um, okay, so let's just start like this. First of all, you were born Amish. You were raised in an Amish community. Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. I'm sorry. Um, you were excommunicated. You went on to, when you were excommunicated, you went to party for 10 years. You're partying. Got into some heavy shit, heavy drugs, alcohols, you know. No stranger to me. You're my type of guy. Um, and, uh, we left off where you were sucked into a tornado, but let's, let's go back to the Amish. You're born Amish. Let's, let's start from there and go forward, bro. Well, Hey, first of all, Hey, thanks for having me on your show, man. I appreciate it. Me and my dad used to watch you fight. So, uh, followed right. you for years and it's so weird, man. How the, you know, how it all comes together. Look what I'm doing now. This is insane. I know, right? You're a YouTuber. Yeah. I'm a fucking YouTuber. Dude, that's okay. We're saving the world. Okay, so, um, yeah, I was born into an Amish family. I have a big family. There's six boys and seven girls. So, you know, the culture is kind of uh, it's not that unusual to have a large family. Born in uh, Michigan, was raised in Indiana. Um, we moved around a lot, right, in a community. The Amish, it's a great way to grow up, but it's not a good way to live, right? They're they're very, um, you know, I always say they're very cult-like in their behavior. Um, you know, I got excommunicated, so, but I don't want to underestimate the value that that lifestyle brings, right? Um, I think with what's coming, you know, a lot of people, you, if you got Amish and Mennonite neighbors, man, go meet them, you know. Go find out what they're selling. Go find out what they're good at because it's an incredible way to grow up. It taught me values and morals that were instilled in me, even through my party years, I left them, but man, they were still there. Right. I just overrode my morals. You know, I never, I never left them. So I'm thankful for how I grew up. Um, you know, big family. Amish, were you in the outskirts of the city? Were you out in the rural uh, areas, like in a farm community? What was it like? Yeah. So we weren't farmers, but we lived on, I grew up on 35 acres on a dead end road, in southern Indiana, Whippoorwill Hollow, man. So, you know, my mom had the dinner bell on the back porch. She'd have to ring it because we'd be on the back 35, right, trapping and digging holes and climbing trees. And we had caves back there. We rigged up ropes and let us down into these 65-foot deep holes in the ground. And, you know, we was just uh, – I was never really a fearful person either. 
Um, I believe this is something God instilled in me. It showed up throughout my life. And now is the time where it shines the brightest because courage is contagious. And that's uh, one of the most thankful traits I am that I have. But uh, you know, I would do all kinds of crazy stuff. We grew up wild, really. We had our own garden and, uh, you know, obviously horse and buggy, although I very seldom rode a horse and buggy. I was, uh, I, I trained horses about, and uh, when I was about 20, um, I didn't get along with my dad. You know, there's a lot of hard things goes on inside these communities that a lot of people don't know. Um, you know, just like any other family, right? Had a really tough time with my dad when I was 20. I moved out. Um, let me say this. I, we weren't supposed to get our age until we were 21. Okay. You know, so the world gets at 18 is illegal. But until I was 21, I had to give dad all my money. Um, I was supposed to live at home. Or, you know, had really no rights. But at 20, uh, I was kind of a rebel, right? My friends were, you know, I had good friends that, that loved you were, me. You were an Amish rebel. <laughs> I, was a, I, I, was, yeah, I always pushed the boundaries, bro. I, was a, I mean, I, don't, I think that wouldn't be too hard to do being Amish. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, I told you the, the last, when we were talking before, I had friends that were strict Mormons. And if you showed up to their house with a Coke or a, or a, a coffee, you would get scolded by the mom. It was in, it was insanity. But I mean, was it like that in the Amish community, or well, they just? You know, if you did it on Sundays, because we weren't allowed to spend money on Sundays. Wow. So okay. Sunday was the day that you didn't work and you didn't spend money. Uh, you didn't go to the gas station. But uh, you know, no, I was in more of what I would call a liberal Amish community. I was what they call a new order. So I wasn't like we had power tools. Uh, we didn't have cars. You know, we wore suspenders and the women wore dresses. But, you know, we had a little more color. The dresses were a little shorter. We wore a little more. We weren't like super backwards, right? So it wasn't maybe like a lot of people here might think the Amish. We were actually, it was actually a good community. You know, a lot of these Amish communities um, might blow your mind, but there's a lot of abuse goes on, man, and just awful stuff, man. It's just my I was watching this. I don't know if you're familiar with the Netflix series, Keep Sweet, Pray, and Obey. I'm not. It's about kind of like that. A Mormon community where the guy was just, he had like 30 wives and, and it was just like his son was born into it. Then his son took over and had like a hundred wives. And like, I was just like, wow, <laughs> they're either on something or they're completely crazy. It gets messy in there. You know, what they're trying to do, Nino, is they're trying to separate themselves from the world, right? You know, there's a Bible verse that says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. But a lot of the religious minds want to stop there. The rest of that verse says, be be transformed by your mind. You have to think differently than the world, right? They're trying to physically pull themselves out of the world. And that's why I said earlier, you know, keep in mind, you might want to uh, you know, find out who those neighbors are that live like that. But it's not realistic to live like that. And long term, people are leaving in the droves, right? Um and then it becomes very murky because, you know, there's not a lot of options, man. I mean, you know, for to get married and sure, we had some other communities we hung out with. But um, overall, our community was a good, fairly wholesome. Of course, there were problems, but fairly wholesome community. But for me, I, I always saw I always saw things different. Right. And, uh, you know, from the very beginning, it's it's like I was programmed to question and to look behind the curtain. Like, I just don't buy it when somebody tells me something. I got to, like, see it if I don't know it, and then I don't, I don't put the passion. I'm a passionate guy, man. In order for me to put that passion behind what I believe, I have to know this. And so that was my hunt for truth, okay? And this is how I ultimately left the Amish. At 21, 
Um, I, I literally traded my horse. I had a big quarter horse, like five, $6,000 horse. And I traded my horse for a Toyota pickup. Um, so I kind of make the joke. And right? Was I mean, that like a big no-no? Oh yeah. We weren't allowed to have trucks. And let me, we weren't allowed to do what they call Rumspringa. Okay. Rumspringa is this time when you turn 16, you get to go run around, you buy a car, you, know, you date a bunch of girls and you get to figure out if you like the world or not. And then, you know, their idea is they're, you're, you're going to try the world. It's going to be miserable. And then you got to come back. And it actually works in a lot of ways. Um, but because I grew up on a much more level playing field, it wasn't so extreme for me. Um, I wanted to leave for truth. Okay. I didn't want to leave the party. Uh, I wanted to leave because I felt hypocritical, right? There's a story of how this guy bought a cell phone because he wanted a cell phone for work. He had his, the guy who drove him around in the work truck buy the cell phone for a dollar so he could tell the bishop that it wasn't his phone, even though he kept it in his pocket. Mm. See what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's part of the mindset. And no batteries and solar power. So they still have electric. You just don't get it off the line. So they're trying to remove themselves, um, you know, from the system. And, uh, and, of course, some people stay there. But, you know, so I left at 21. I was excommunicated about eight months later because – they sent me letters and they told me, you know, hey, you know, you need to find a church. They kind of believe that when you're baptized into the Amish church, that that they are, you know, in they wouldn't say this in so many words, but kind of that they're that they're responsible for your soul, which is really sad because, you know, it's you and God. That's it, man. There's, you know, it says straight up, don't judge people like But so that's kind of the that's kind of the culture. Um, so when they when they excommunicate you, do they take a vote? Well, who decides? Yeah, and so uh, that's a good question. My brother-in-law was on the ministry team, and they had a meeting, and they wrote up a letter, and then they had to bring it in front of the church, and they had to vote. Um, and a lot of my friends were there, right? They told me later that most of them, most of them, or some of them voted. They, you can vote like a no vote, right? You don't have to vote yes or no. You can do like a. They let it. They kind of let it over. They call. It. They just do a no vote. Um, but but they don't have courage, man. See, and I you know my friends that are still there, I love them. And some of them have turned out to be great people. But guys, this thing that we're in right now is because we have the people with the belief systems that we have, but we don't have the people with the guts. People Nobody has a backbone. Nobody has a backbone. Have backbone. People are so scared to lose their job, look indifferent yeah. to, their, to their relatives, to their family, to their friends. Yeah. Their careers, right? The politics don't want to talk about something because of the it'll hurt them people, you know, when they when they go to get reelected, all this stuff. But uh, you know, and that's really the culture that's bred through there is that you submit, right? You submit to the bishops, you submit to the leadership, you know, submit yourself to the leadership and and it's just pounded in you, bro. And it just they couldn't hit me hard enough to pound it in me. Like I was like I'm a person with a connection to God. I was a saved man. I, I knew that it just, it just felt like BS. How did I know? I think God programmed me and saved my life many times now for such a time as this. And you is, you know, it's probably the same way for you. Um, you know, we, we speak our truth, man. If you don't they're, like they're, it. They're, they're wake up calls, you know, like either I get, you know, he smacked me off my big white horse that I was riding. I was an undefeated heavyweight champion and boom, knocked me right off. Man. And uh, a lot of awakening there. So let's yeah. jump forward to uh, you getting excommunicated. You're out of there now. You're 21, right? You're 21 years old. 
And then you just spy, which it seems like to me a natural response being raised Amish. It seems like, you know, I always think of the movie Kingpin. (laughs) And I think like, you know, I I, I would imagine that would be a natural response. Once you go out into the world, you're like, wow, women, drugs, partying, loud music. Hey, I'm going this direction. That's kind of what happened with you, right? It kind of is. Um, Although I want to, I want to make the point that I left for truth, right? I left to find something that wasn't hypocritical, but, you know, I started to find out that most of these churches in a lot of ways are the same, right? You know, they're all just, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And the church is the same way. They ain't got no backbone. They want funding. They want the people to come. They want the wealthiest person to donate in the offering. And if he says the wrong thing, talks about whatever, you know, these current modern day issues. So everything's dumbed down. It's, it's just, it's a diluted. And I and I I can't live like that, man. I can't live my life in some deluded manner. So so yeah. So I started drinking. You know, it was almost a year before I started drinking. And I remember asking one of my buddies. You know, I was like, hey, you know, I'd like to date somebody. Do you think uh, you know I could find a girl that would date me that that wouldn't want to make out or something or hold my hand before I'm married? That's the mindset. That was so you were still you were still stuck with the Amish value. You knew you were excommunicated. You were out of the Amish community, but you still had those values inside you and you so you were really you really believed you're going to find a girl that just wanted to hold your hand are you is this a for real you're being serious i was dumb yeah but i was very naive you know i wouldn't have told you this a couple years ago you know but my past now it's all my past right and it's made me who i am today but um yeah i wasn't so naive bro it is there's stories that i could tell one day i might write a book and there's stories i might put in there that are so embarrassing bro i was so ignorant i was so naive and i got made fun of i got picked on right people they did it in good fun they called me the dumb amish bastard right jebediah yoder jacob troyer all this dumb shit right and it was uh, you know made they would use mom jokes and you know i try to kill them over you talk about my mama i was gonna hurt you um and so it drove me kind of because i didn't find the stability somewhere else it drove me out there i started we used to coon hunt, right? We go out with these guys and we go coon hunting. I'd go to the high school football games. I'm 21. They're 18, right? Not that much younger. So I started hanging out with that crowd. I started drinking. And then, you know, any of you guys that went through high school in the party, just think of the progression from that, especially considering where I came from, to 21 to 31, 10 years, bro. I, I it, got, it just got worse, right? It just got worse. Um, right, so you started drinking, started doing a little bit of cocaine, weed, everything, and then it led into the harder drugs, heroin being one of them, correct? Yeah, 2012. In 2011, um, I, would buy, I was making a lot of money. I had a big house and ski boats and bass boats, and I, I had the American dream. I had a beautiful girlfriend, right? I was living in a freaking uh, big neighborhood and a big, ho- a big house in a subdivision, um, but I didn't have purpose, man. I didn't have that thing that, that, that we were born for. I was just living for the next paycheck and the next boat or the next, you know, party. And uh, so during that time, I got into pills. I got into pills really bad. I did coke too. I never smoked weed. It wasn't my thing. But, um, I, you know, I did every other kind of drug. And I, and I was getting addicted throughout 2011. Up to, you know, March of 2012 is where my life really changed forever and where the real story kicks in about where I went and, you know, the journey to where I'm at today. But Leading up to that, real quick, there was a uh, there was a moment. I think it's important to tell because 
when you're at your weakest, when you're at your lowest, when you go through the hardest thing, when someone cheats on you, right? When your father dies, when, you know, I've had all those things happen on, happen to me. And when those happen, be aware you are the most vulnerable at that moment for, you know, any kind of attack, right? Um, you know, you're going to have the, the hooker come up to you on the street. You're going to have the drug dealer come offer you drugs. You're going to have your friends introduce you to something and it's going to make an impact. And it's going to put like a hook in your brain, right? So I found out this uh, this thing that happened with my ex-girl, with my girlfriend. I was living at the time, three and a half year relationship. My buddy came over. He said, bro, I got something for you, man. Wait, and, wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. You can't just skip over that. Your okay. girlfriend was what, cheating on you? Yeah, I found out my girlfriend and went out of state and was cheating on me with, uh, you know, it, it had happened through at a wedding we had been at. We was on the team. Were you already, were you, so you weren't addicted on drugs yet. You were drinking. You know, because I always had money, I, I really didn't know, but yes, I was addicted. I, I would detox when I didn't have anything. But I was a functioning addict, right? I would go to work. I had a good job. I, I was, I was keep, from the outside, it looked like I was cool, right? Right, right. That's most people I know. That's how I was for a little while. I mean, I was able to juggle that at boxing. So what were you taking when you before your girlfriend broke up with you? Just drinking and partying, or were you already addicted to heroin? No, no, I was doing pills. It was just pills. pills. Just pills, yep. It was just pain pills, right? You know, that during that time in 2011, people were rolling out of state, and they were buying these loads of these prescriptions and coming back and selling them. And right. uh, I was the dude with the that had the house in the big neighborhood that had the money. So they'd often come to me and we, we'd run it through, you know, I don't know if I can incriminate myself here, but, you know, we ran through my house, uh, ran right, it through right. my house, you know. And so I was the spot. We partied every weekend. I always had the stuff. Uh, I had the hookups. You know, I was, I was like the, one of the few people in my circle that was stable. I call it stable, right? Because I was cut. I kept my shit together. I wasn't living in mama's basement like most of the people that were hanging out at my house. Um, so, but I wasn't like in a terrible pl- dark place, even though I was addicted physically, um, it hadn't manifested in my life. And so when this happened in 2011, I was like, bro, I mean, I, for those of you who've experienced this, man, you just want to die, man. Everything when, is when someone cheats on you, it's betrayal on you. Yeah. It says ultimate betrayal. You know, you love them. You put so much time into them. We had put her through nursing school and all these different things. And, and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, I could blame myself. I wasn't a good boyfriend. Okay. I'll give it that. I wasn't a good boyfriend. Um, did nothing for emotional, you know, so I don't hold it. But the point is this weak state I was in, my neighbor walked over on the back porch and he said, Hey, try this. This Man. was after you broke up with her. Or she broke up with you. I, we were still, we were still together. I wasn't addicted. I wasn't addicted. But to this is when after you found out she was cheating on you. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that yep. was like your world came like a nuclear bomb hit it. Oh man, it just it just it just stopped, man. Let's go from there. Let's go from the there. Let's go from there. How I was addicted when I was addicted is is a you know, it was a I'm not exactly sure on the timing, but when that happened, it took all the pain away and I was off to the races, man. You know, it put this hook in my brain on that day on that back porch, you know, put this hook in my brain and I was off to the races. And uh, so, so 10 years, you know, we can just go through that next 10 years downhill. Um, well, actually, I better not jump 10 years ahead because the next year, March 2nd of 2012, I was in the process of losing that house. I had quit, half quit, half lost my job. I had moved. But were you with your, but you and your girlfriend were fully separated at that time? Yeah, yep, yep. Over the next and you six were, months. And, you were, and so now you're addicted on pills. You're addicted on pills. Yeah. When did the, I want to know when the heroin started. 
So, so I had done heroin before March of 2012, but not very often. I was scared of it, bro. So I wasn't into heroin before March 2nd of 2012. Um, other than I had done it three or four times, I'd maybe done meth three or four times, but I wasn't into drugs that heavy on a regular basis. Drinking cocaine and pain pills. That, that's about what I did. Drinking cocaine yeah. and pain. That's that was my concoction right there. Yeah. yeah. So, so so things get worse after you break up with your girlfriend or you guys are on the outs. Yeah. You find out she's yeah. cheating. Yeah. So then it, your it, life changes on this one day. Now this, folks, I got to tell you, this is pretty damn incredible. What happens here? Yeah, um, yeah, I was in a really dark place, man. I had put myself over the last year. I put myself in a really dark place. I actually remember being on the phone with my mom the night before this happened, March first, two thousand twelve, and I told her, like, you know, if I could end it, I would, man. I just didn't have it in me. I was in a, such a bad place. The next day, it's a Friday. Um, my girlfriend is a school teacher. She's teaching school. Her five-year-old son, I'd actually wanted her five-year-old son, Hunter, to stay with me that day. You know, he was my This is friend. a new girlfriend. This is a new girlfriend. And this is in Pekin, Indiana. Um, and so I had moved about 20 minutes from where I, where my other, I still had the house, but I was losing it, man. I, I was, I was no longer a functioning addict. Um, so, and she was so like, now, no. now, now you're, you're an addict. Like that's going down the drain. Now I'm an addict going down the drain. Okay. Yeah. So this then this yeah. one day, this next day changes your life forever. Changed my life forever. Yeah. Um, so I you know two she didn't leave this her, her she didn't leave Hunter with me, thank God. I knew there was a storm coming through. We had seen it on the news. I was watching the news, two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm slamming beers, Jaeger, I'm drunk, you know, two o'clock. I think I was too broke to have like heart, very many drugs at that point. But I was slam drunk. Yeah, I wouldn't say slam, but I was drinking pretty heavy. And the, and uh, I watched the news. The news said the tornado is going to miss us. It's going south, Fredericksburg. It's going to miss us. So I walked away from the TV. TV started doing some stuff. And uh, and I went to the door maybe twenty minutes later. And I was like, I'm going to look out and just see because it was still going to rain, right? Um, and when I opened the door, I think I saw. This thing coming at me is like a freight train coming sideways. Is how I describe it. It was so it was instant. So you saw that you look. You're hold on. Let's let's backpedal a little bit, bro. You're at you're at the home and you see on the news there's a tornado coming. But on the news you're saying, oh, it's gonna miss my house. It's, it's not coming my direction. Then you go outside. You open the front door. You go to the front door. You open it, and all of a sudden you see this thing. Yeah, that's how this happened. That that's exactly how it happened. Um, to back, and, and I, in case I forget to come back to this, when I walked away from the TV, the tornado turned and came straight north to my house. It's, it was like on a mission to get me, bro. That's no joke. It was headed west to east. I walked away from the TV. You can look at the track, the time frame. That tornado turned and came almost straight north to my house, hit my house. But when I saw it, I saw it coming, coming, and you don't see the funnel cloud when you're that close. All you see are the debris, right? Just, just metal and trees. And this is an F4, 180 mile an hour rotation, massive tornado. It had been on the ground for already like 30 miles, man. That baby, it was on the ground for 49 miles. It didn't even lift. It just plowed a trail. It was really bad. Um, and then at the same time, I heard somebody screaming. So I lived on a, in a double wide. We had just kind of remodeled this double wide. My girlfriend's dad owned it. There was a trailer next to me. My buddy Joe, Mariah, and they had three kids. They lived in the trailer next to me. Um, and when I saw the tornado, I heard her scream. And she's standing outside the trailer. She's holding uh, 
um, holding a car seat. And uh, she has her, she has a 15, uh, no, three months old baby. And she sees it and she's panicking, right? In that moment, things kind of slowed down for me, right? And I've discovered I actually fight pretty good when I'm backed in a corner, right? When life's easy and there's no big deal, like I don't do so well. When I'm backed in a corner and there's pressure on me, you know, I slowed down. I saw what was happening. I've kind of figured I was probably dead. Like it was so dramatic. There was a big hill in the distance and it's coming over the hill, right? So it, the whole sky is just full. There's a, a lumber kiln between me and the tornado. And later when he hit the lumber kiln, it's full of dried lumber. It's, it's unbelievable. It's like you, the whole air was full of wood flying at us. Um, so I ran over my reaction. I ran over to the trailer. I keep thinking, you know, a trailer is no safe place to be. So I ran over to the trailer. I said, hey, go to the house. I have a double wide. Get in the hallway. We're going to come to my house. There was a two porches built onto it. I looked a lot more stable than a trailer. So uh, my buddy Joe, he came to the door in that moment. And he, I was like, Joe, grab the kids. Let's come to my house. It's coming. And uh, I grabbed the little girl. Or it's kind of interesting. Her name was Angel, uh, three hmm. years old. Uh, Kendall, little two-year-old, and uh, I can't remember the baby's name, but we grabbed him, three of us grabbed the kids, ran into my house. I put them in the hallway. I threw some blankets and some pillows on them, and uh, they are panicking, man. I just, it's just sometimes hard to think about, you know, the fear. We we, we came running across that yard. We saw, like, it, it is inevitable. It's like there's no getting around it. Like there's no funnel cloud. It's a wall. Yeah, so this yeah. thing's dead set coming in your direction, and you got, you got seconds to think. Dead set, seconds to think. I've often thought, you know, would I have had time to run to my neighbor's basement or get in the truck? And maybe, but, you know, we talk in 20, 30 seconds maybe that I had. So we did what we, you know, what we did and uh, ran into the ran into the house. I went up to the doorway after I had him in the hallway and I opened the door with my phone. I actually always wanted to see a tornado, just not that close, right? <laughs> And uh, I, I opened the door thinking, I don't, I mean, I literally have my phone in my hand thinking I could take a video. How stupid is that? But it's just a reaction, right? Um, and, the, and the tornado is tearing my garage in half. Like half the garage is gone 30, 50 feet from my house. And I shoulder the door and I shoulder the door shut and I turn around and I start praying. As loud as I can pray, I start praying. You know, Jesus, save us. And I and I'm telling them it's going to be okay. We're going to be okay. And I'm praying aloud, and they are screaming. It's just it's it's pretty uh, traumatizing sometimes to relive that moment. And I jumped on top of them, and immediately the house got hit. And uh, so you left the front door, your shoulders against it. You run, you jump on top of the children, correct? Yeah, jump on top of the family. There's some pillows there. I kind of landed on top of a pillow, but they are all huddled, laying down in the hallway of this double wide. Um, and so when the house got hit, it got hit squarely. We found out later the funnel cloud, right? There's a funnel cloud. There's an eye of a tornado. That eye came over my house directly. The funnel, the eye is not very big. The tornado can be a quarter mile wide. The eye is maybe 50 feet, 50 yards wide. I don't know. That eye came over my house. It's like this, this is my house, came directly over my house. It shook my house like a giant would shake a child. And I thought it would fall apart, right? I, I was thinking like, you know, this house is going to fall on top of me. And it, and it did it. And that was very clear. And it shook it again. And you felt the house like pop. And it it just, it lifted the whole house. Um, 
couple weeks, actually the day before I'd been underneath that house, wrapping up the uh, vents with like duct tape, right? We're redoing the house. And I remember seeing those metal straps that were holding the, uh, holding the double wide down, right? There's metal straps and there's big stakes. They turn in and they fasten it. So when that tornado hit that, those were not fastened. Had those been fastened, it would have crushed the house right on top of us, right? Wow. Um, so it was, a, it was actually good that it was not fastened. It was totally, it was, I mean, I bet you God made those people forget to fasten that. It was strange, man. Wow. It was totally one of them were fastened. So when in the tornado hit, grabbed the house, just a giant like wrench on the house and it popped up and you could feel the floor just start going up. We started going up and uh, I so knew you're the in the tornado was, now in your house, in the tornado. And then, yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Bro. That what happened, I heard an explosion. Boom. Heard the windows break, you know, and I'm waiting for the glass to hit me. The glass never hit me. And that's really the last thing I remember. There's no oxygen in the eye of that tornado, right? So, you know, the rotation sucks the oxygen out, and uh, I blacked out. So, you know, I believe we all blacked out. And then the next thing I remember is I came to, and uh, this is just a guess, but several hundred feet in the air, I'm laying on the inside wall of the tornado. My feet are behind me. I look down over my side, and I see green grass, maybe several hundred feet below me. Um, and there's a two by four. I remember this, you know, my memory is a couple pieces of metal, a bunch of junk. There's a broken two by four right behind me. And I'm moving on the inside wall of this tornado. And just long enough to know that uh, where I was at, you know, it, it was, my sister later wrote me a letter. She believes that she heard the Lord speak to her about this, that, that I was sucked out of my situation, literally. I opened my eyes just long enough to see that I was rescued from an unbelievably dark place anyway. But she used the tornado as like a metaphor and an analogy yeah. for the yeah, uh, like for your situation in life. Yeah, because mom and my sisters, you know, had always prayed for me. And I want to say this. I had a revelation later years that I wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for my mama praying for me. I really, it's not just something I say. I really mean that. Like, I really wouldn't say she, you know, I put my, I put my mama through hell, man. And uh, she would always, you know, just wanted to do something, but she did something. She prayed for me the night before they prayed for me and uh, saved my life. But I came to black back out the next memory. I really don't have a whole lot of, of clear memories at first because I landed like a quarter mile away in a field. Um, you know, the tornado is going west. Well, it, it, it had turned after it hit my house and went back to the east. So the tornado is going east, and I land to the west. Like, think about that. I went up. I'm rotating. I got thrown out the opposite way the tornado is going. So, I mean, I just got pulled up, and I got thrown out the top. Well, a tornado is like a blender, right? It just chews everything up. It's rotating. That's how people die in a tornado. But I got went up, got thrown out, woke up. In a field, didn't know who I was, didn't know where I was at. My first thought was, you know, am I an alien? Do I belong on this planet? It's just the strangest, empty, no idea. I just totally blank. Like, do I belong where I'm at? Um, and then I don't remember a lot, although during the walk back to the, I started walking. And I at one point, I jumped the fence. I walked out. There's a lady driving down the road. She stops. I'm screaming for help, saying I'm bleeding to death. I, that's what I'm telling. I'm bleeding to death. And uh, she freaks out, panics, and tells me, walk over there to the sawmill. 
And she takes off. She came to the hospital later and apologized, right? She felt terrible. No, she freaked out. She saw you and just freaked out. Yeah, she, yeah. Freaked out yeah. My arm was almost cut off. I got cut. Let's see it. I yeah. got this. And right here, I was cut right through my armpit. And it was a big hole. You could have put a softball right in the back here where my back was ripped out for this hole. Because I got cut right through my armpit. Had I been cut lower or higher, I'd have bled to death. But because I was cutting my armpit, your blood vessels are a little deeper in there. It, it saved my life. And all the other last, this is just a scar from uh, from the surgery. I've got 22 screws in this left arm. It still doesn't quite go straight, but I'm incredible. Bro, I benched 275 with this bad arm. So <laughs> I'll come back. Um, so I walked back. And then the next thing I really remember is I came to, the first clear memory I have is I came to, I'm laying face down in the mud. I can't breathe. And I pick up my head and there's a pair of headlights coming right at me. And this cop car pulls in and he is flying, right? Flies up into this parking lot of the sawmill. And he said, if you, if I, if I wouldn't have picked up my head, he'd have run me over. It's 4.15 in the afternoon, darker than a stack of black cats, bro. Greenish, you know, it is raining. It is just eerie, man. Right behind that tornado, right? And he couldn't see. I picked up my head just in time. He comes running out. I tried to jump up. You know, he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. You know, I collapsed, right? I had broken my collarbone, my shoulder blade. I broke this arm in like seven places, shattered my my elbow, broke my back in three places and five ribs. Mm. Um, I call it the chain of pain, right? I landed on this arm. It was obvious. My whole left side was so inflamed and massively swelled up. You could tell I landed on this elbow. I make the joke I landed on a cow out there because it was in a cow pasture. I was like, maybe I hit a cow. I don't know where I landed. <laughs> um, but so anyway, I, the first thing I finally started asking when they came, finally their people came around me. I don't know where they came from. And crowd of people sitting around me and uh, were trying to ask me who, what, where I was from, what was going on. And suddenly I said, I said, Joe and Mariah, where's the family at? And they're like, what are you talking about? And I, and I said, I brought somebody into my house. Where are they at? And I started to panic, right? A couple of them held me down, and they said, you brought the neighbors into your house? And I said, yeah. They disappeared. I never. I didn't know what happened, okay? Didn't, I, I went into this almost traumatic response. The pain started to hit me. Ambulance got there, um, and I got taken to the uh, Louisville um, Hospital in Louisville, Kentucky. This is southern Indiana. So... So then, you know, I'm in the hospital for 15 days. I have an asphyxiator on my arm at one point uh, because I was so badly busted up. They almost amputated this arm. And uh, my back, I was in a body, like a partial body cast because my back was broke. I was on the, you know, laying on the bed for weeks and miserable, man. It's hard for me to lay still. It was brutal. Uh, but the third day that I'm in the hospital, they had just done a surgery on my arm. The doctor, one doctor convinced the other ones to save my arm. Thank God. Um, and, and I'm laying in bed and I hear on the TV. This is what I heard on the TV. It said, Jason Miller, if you're watching this, we're sorry to tell you, but we just took Angel off life support. Mm. And I was like, and my mom and other people were in there and they were like, oh, shit. Right. Like the doctors have told them not to tell me what happened to the family. And I started freaking was, out. Was that the only, was there any survivors of the family? What's that? Was there any survivors of that family? Well, what happened, and this, I didn't find out until the third day, uh, the entire family was killed except Angel. She was three, the, except uh, 
maybe I should make sure I get this right, Nino. Um, the the fifth. Millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting mode, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com. Fighterflare.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare flashlight. The Fighter Flare flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting mode, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com. Flare.com. 15 months old baby was in a car seat. She survived, okay, the, the accident. But uh, no, no, I, I'm so sorry, guys. I, I'm getting my, my details mixed up here. The 15 month old baby was in a car seat. She actually drowned. She landed upside down in a mud puddle, and that's how she died. My buddy Joe was almost unrecognizable. His throat, you know, he was. It was just slashed, right? They they got picked up. The house blew apart. We all passed out, no oxygen. And they went through the sidewalls of that tornado like a blender, and it just slashed them to bits, man. Um, they were, they had to be, the, the Mariah had to be identified uh, by her sister or teeth or something. It was awful, man. 
And then the little girl that was three years old, her name was Angel, and I actually carried her into my house. She had survived, but she was going to be a vegetable, right? She had so much damage that the, the grandparents decided to take her off life support. Um, in that moment, I started to fear, like, what had happened. I remember being deathly afraid this family was going to, you know, be mad at me. I brought these people into my house, and they died, like. And, uh, you know, that was really traumatic. I had survivor's guilt. If anybody knows what survivor's guilt is, it's a real thing, man. Yeah. It's a real thing. It's, it's, uh, created PTSD and I went through some dark times, but, uh, you know, that's the main part of the tornado story and kind of how that went down. Um, and it started, I'll say this, a guy from Oklahoma called me in the hospital and I'll never forget. He said, man, I got a similar story. My house was destroyed. Some of my family was killed. And, and I just want you to know, I'll be here for you if you need me. Cause in about six months to a year, you're going to start going through some, some trauma. You're going to start having to deal with this stuff and it's going to be hard. And I said, no, bro, I'm ex Amish. I'm tough as nails. Not going to happen, man. I'm going to be fine. I got a good family. And I just remember making that commitment to myself that, you know, wasn't going to happen to me. And boy, did I, you know, I didn't have a clue, man. It you hit know. you. What's that? It hit you hard, huh? It hit me. The trauma, you know, trauma literally sh- shapes your brain. It literally changes your brain. And it's difficult to heal that. Doctors throw you on meds, right? They, 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 yeah, taking care of the problem, right? It creates mental health. Most of us have been through traumatic things, terrible things. And it creates trauma in our brain, and and we're dealing with it by just throwing you know big pharma at it. And I'm really passionate about mental health, man, because that's where it really went downhill for me. March 2012, I was 15 days in the hospital. I got out. Of course, I went back home, lived with family and mom and dad. I went to Montana at one point. Um, it was so bad. Um, you know, I was never suicidal or anything like that. But I would go out in the mountains and lay on a mountain lion trail you know, hoping I could end it that way. I just couldn't bring myself to do it myself, right? But the guilt of being alive and the guilt of, you know, being the only one to survive um, was terrible. Now, this, real quick, I'll say this story that when I was, I found out the family that I was left wanted to come see me, right? Um, his sister, Joe's sister, um, and his grandparents, they wanted to come see me. And I'm terrified. I don't know why I thought they were going to kill me. Um, and they walked into that door and they saw me, you know, I burst into tears. They burst into tears. They came in. Everybody hugged me. They had an envelope with like $1,500 in it. They had raised for me. And it was just so shocking. And that really helped me, man. That really helped me cope with it in the moment. But um, when the trauma really hit me and the, the meds, see, when you're prescribed meds, your tolerance goes up. And that's what happened to me. By August and September of 2012, my tolerance was so high that, it was, you know, I wasn't doing nothing. It was maybe killing the physical pain. But and then I went, I got off my meds. The doctor cut me off my meds. Um, I went straight to heroin. Went straight How'd you to get heroin. to heroin? Like, how, how, so you weren't doing heroin before this? Your heroin started after this? Yeah, I had done it maybe two or three times. Yep. So then you know, you knew where to go to get it. Well, by, I was living in, so my mom and dad lived in Ohio, and so I was at mom and dad's. I actually detoxed in upstate New York for the first time ever. I mean, it's like the, your, I describe it as your brain melting is so yeah. unbelievably awful. And uh, so she, my sister drives me to my mom and dad's six hours. She'd have to let me out every 30 minutes and I'd run around and pull my hair and scream and just totally, uh, uh, you know, 
um, detox always affected me in such an awful way. And what I found out is it kept me in the addiction because my detox was so terrible. Um, but anyway, I was in Ohio and, uh, and, and, you know, would you believe this? An Amish community in the Amish neighborhood where my mom and dad were, there's tons of drugs. A lot of the Amish do heroin and meth. Come on. I'm telling you, I, mean, I didn't it even makes know. makes sense to me, but wow. Really? Yeah, yeah. They, they do what they call rumspringer. They party. They run around. The church lets them go out and do their thing for a while because they want, you know, them to experience the world in hopes they come back. And it, and it works. And by the time these guys come back and they're married with kids, they're hardcore Amish, man. These people are, that's how the tradition survives. You know, I don't think it's a great idea. But as they go off and do that, what's it called? Rumspringer? What is it called? Rumspringer. Room spring out. When they go do that, that's when they get hooked. That's when the majority of them get hooked, hooked yeah, on heroin. In direct translation, it means run around. They're running around. They, they, most of them will start drinking. They'll start, you know, screwing around. And then some of them, yeah, they get into meth or heroin. And, and, uh, not a lot of them. Okay. There's probably just, you know, most of them are total, you know, drink like fish, but a few of them get into drugs. So my brother was living at mom's. He knew a guy that knew a guy. He knew an Amish guy that knew a guy. So anyway, yeah, you can find it, man. You can find it. Um, sadly, right now, you can go anywhere. You know, you could, I can, I can spot it. I can feel it. I can feel it in my spirit. If you're doing drugs next, next to me, I don't care if you got a business suit and a tie on. I know it because yeah. God has given me the ability to sense that spirit of addiction that, 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 uh, it, it's a, it's like a squeezing the life out of you. It's a certain, uh, it's a certain energy people put off. Right. Um, so, so yeah, so, so that's, you know, I went, you know, just the typical slide, man. I mean, I got a job. Well, how, how'd you get the heroin? You from, from who? You don't have to say the name. But. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, an Amish guy, uh, knew a but guy. So, so an Amish guy hooked you up with the heroin. Yeah. A guy that was in the community, Amish community. He he had a uh, yeah he had a driver's license. This is not the community I grew up in. I grew up New Order. This is Old Order. So it's a very different culture in a lot of ways. But still, so uh, they're supposed to be even stricter. The Old yeah, Order, but they are and not fucking okay. Uh, so you get you get your heroin. You get your heroin from this Amish guy in the Old Order, and then uh, where does your life go from there? So you do it. You try it. You do it again, yeah. and then, so what happens there? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, there's, by this time, there's a voice in my head that used to say, kill the pain, man, kill the pain, kill the pain at all costs, you know, and I did, man, and I drove me for five to six years um, to, you know, so just the typical slide, dark, I got, I started stealing, man, that's been the hardest thing for me to overcome is, you know, for my own family, Um Total turned into a lion stealing piece of garbage, man. I mean, that's what you know. I wasn't even myself. Um, thank God I never got deep into meth because that really is the issue in America right now. It takes your humanity. I say it robs your humanity. Okay, my brother went through the meth addiction real bad, and he, he he's such an amazing guy, and it robbed his humanity. Like, he wasn't even human. It's unbelievable. So I didn't quite go to that level, but I was a piece of dirt, man. I was the terrible person. Went so, so finally it got so bad. I started going through detoxes. My mom and my church. I did have a church family. I was still. Hold on, how long were you hooked on heroin for? Um, from 2012, like September or October, November of 2012, until 2016, December of 2016. Okay. So, 
uh, uh, four years really is all it seems like 40, right? But How many times were you, were you hitting a day? Were you taking a hit a day? Um, I never used a needle. I just snorted it. So, but I would do, uh, um, you know, four or five times a day, right? Um, towards the end, we were getting that, what they call elephant tranquilizer, I called it, right? It was, I should have been dead. I woke up several times and knocked me out. You know, woke up in my truck with my foot on the brake at a stop sign. Woke up in the middle of a gas station, not parked right. You know, just by the grace of God that I got out. And I and I got pulled over several times. I didn't have a license. I never went to jail. But I had felonies stacked up, man. Just stacked high, man. Um, the last one, of course, I got pulled over. No driver's license. Tons of dope on me. And uh, was facing a lot of time. And I agreed to go to long-term rehab. You know, the thing I fought the most, Nino, was long-term rehab. I wanted a 30-day quick fix, right? I said, I'm going to We all do. Yeah. But I'm not going for more than 30 to 60 days. Finally, I agreed to it. I had been to six, uh, let's see, two or three detoxes and four rehabs. One of them, my family paid a fortune to send me to Washington State at a horse ranch where I rode horses and I was there 35 days, and I came out in a very incredibly powerful place, man. I, I would make these spiritual connections in these places. I would journal myself through my feelings, and I would just seek, man, I would seek God so hard, and I'd make these spiritual connections that would propel me. But then when I got out, I didn't have the support team or the ability to stay connected. I was like, I'm good, not realizing the devil on the outside was bigger than, you know, my ability to connect to, to God on the out, you know. And so I just, I get taken out every time. But one time I was in Washington, seven days, Nino, you know, I didn't sleep for seven days. I I've ran. I've been there. I've been at that point. Man, I ran three, two or three miles in knee deep water along a river, screaming my head off, right? just trauma traumatizing things, man. And, and why do we keep going back? Because I didn't have the, um, you know, the pain of staying the same has to be worse than the pain of change. And, yeah. uh, and, and that's, I was, the, that's the breaking point. You can't stand it any longer that you're yeah. willing to do anything to change your life, whatever it takes, man. And so I found a place in uh, Piketon, Ohio called new beginnings, man. A beautiful place. I still love those people. It's a seven months program, and I and I went. I went eleven. I was reading my journals the other day. I journaled every day. I think it was eleven days before I got more than an hour of sleep. Um, but but you know what? I did it. I was done, bro. I was done. I didn't care hell or high water. I was going to do whatever it took to get my license back. They allowed me to go to work after three months. Um, you know, we went to church on Wednesday night, on Sunday morning, on Sunday night. We went to another church on Thursday night. And uh, I would have these amazing that I could write a book about spiritual encounters, bro, that got me uh, that that really put the the, the uh, they really put something in me, man, that have kept driving me and kept me sober. So uh, it was a great, great experience, man. It's uh if you know, if you can't get out of an old habit, if you've tried it five, you know, five, ten, thirty, fifty, thirty, eighty times, you know, some people got to do it outside, man. And it's the greatest thing I ever did, man. It was the greatest thing, and it's the thing I fought the hardest. You know, the devil knows what's going to set you free, bro, and he ain't going to let it happen unless yeah. you just, you know, throw all caution to the wind. So, uh, so you went into you 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 contribute you you attribute everything to this rehab you went to. What year did you go into this rehab? December 21st of 2016, I went in, and I graduated July 17th of 2017. 
And you never look back after that? Yeah, well, I, I did have about a two or three week stint, yeah, where I got around uh, somebody and a couple weeks, but I saw the light. I saw the freight train coming, man. I knew the hell I was about to face. And uh, my mom came and she sat with me uh, for uh, three days and I just did it cold turkey in my, in my, in my apartment, man. Um, so, for, you know, that's the only thing, but somebody gave me a vehicle, um, you know, they, they helped me get an apartment. I have my own place. Um, you know, I have a, I have a YouTube channel. It's just Jason D Miller. And I have a more precise story of, of all this, the gym, the gym saved my life. I would say yeah. Jesus and the gym saved my life, man. Yeah. Um, People think they can go get sober. Man, that's half the journey, man. That's half the journey. That's just getting started. Anybody can get sober, but not everybody can stay sober. And those people that stay sober, even fewer are happy, man. Man, I, I don't want to use drugs. I'm happy. Yeah, I hate what ha- what's happening to our country, but I don't struggle with drugs, man. I struggle with alcohol, just like you, man. I really identify with that alcohol thing, man. That's, a that, that's hard because it's so accepted in society. Like, you, you know, everywhere, all my friendships have gone down the drain because really all my friendships are, are you know, what what's everything. The one thing in common is drinking. Everyone drinks, man. So it's like I'm the odd guy out now. So I'm the guy that doesn't drink. So, you know, know. people like me can't fucking drink because it's just I let loose too much and then trouble comes, you know. You were wired like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the time and the season, maybe someday, but. So you're so how many years sober are you right now? So, you know, I, I like to refer to uh, to June, um, December 6th, uh, December 21st of 2016. You know, I don't go to AA meetings or anything like that. I don't really have a sober day. I don't restart my time because I went 10 day binge like, you know, but I had other than that was uh, that was in uh, I want to say the fall of 2017. You know, a couple months, six months later, something like that. Um, so, so since two thousand seventeen, you've been completely sober. Completely sober, completely. Bro, more, I, do you know how big that is? That uh, God, man, God bless you, man. That's amazing, amazing. Thank you. I mean, seriously, dude. Now you're telling your story. This is an amazing accomplishment, man. You, you deserve a million pats on the back. It's hard for people like us. It's not. It's not easy, man. So. Dude, you get you get a badge of honor for that, bro. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah, I just hope my story can inspire people to know you don't have to live struggling every day. You know, I always heard it. You're always going to fight this thing. I mean, you don't really – I'm proof. You don't have to. You know, again, I'm talking about drugs, right? And we did say I struggle with alcohol a little bit. Um, I don't drink right now. I do not drink at all. But um, – you know, it's a lot harder, but the drugs, it's like, I had deliverances, bro. I had stories where uh, a guy prayed for me over, he prayed for me, he took me onto his property. He said he had, he prayed over his property. When I drove through the driveway onto his property, something hit me right here. And I threw back in the scene. I'm like, what did you just do? And he's laughing back there, you know, and, and tells me what, you know, the story and it's a spiritual encounter, right? It just, you know, it was a part of the deliver uh, the, the uh, being delivered, bro. I mean, it's a deliverance, man. There's so much to this addiction thing, from mental health to spiritual health. I think the spiritual health is the most ignored because this war we're in. You, you this- can't do this. You cannot do this without your spiritual health. You can't do this without God. I I would not be able to stay sober. I would not be able to stay sober unless I had God. I have to. God is my strength. 
Yeah. Uh, a lot of people do it without. And if you do it without, it'd be a lot easier for you to use them. I mean, I'm telling you, man, he created us when he when you are lining up with his what he wants for you is like where I'm at today. One thing that makes it easy is I have purpose, right? I have a purpose, something that drives me, a cause bigger than myself. I'm not thinking inward. How do I look? How do I feel? What do people think about me? Me, 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 selfish me, right? I can look and live from the inside out and live from what's placed inside of me, connect to that higher power, which is the Holy Spirit in me, connect to that, and then stay connected to that source and walk out, you know, every day knowing that I'm doing my best, um, you know, and there's just the connections I've made, bro, in the last year. I mean, just me being on here, it's just, it's just miraculous. Like, you know, I know most of our legislators and our, a lot of our legislators, like congressmen here in Ohio and governor's candidates, and I was on governor's campaigns. And it's only, it's, a, it's miraculous. But what I've found is that if you don't find something like that, then especially for those of us that have problems with addiction, if you don't find something like that, you're like bootstrapping it all day, every day. And then you run out of gas. So, so your newfound purpose is what today? What are you doing today? Right now you are involved politically, correct? I am. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, uh, I didn't go into that without. So my audience knows this already. Like there's code words we use. We don't use, we use bank robbery for, you know, what happened in 2020. We use the boogeyman for when people are sick. We're sick with the bullshit. So, Use those words, but go ahead. What are you doing today? What's your purpose today? Yeah, um, I'm going to just real quick skip through here because I always hated politics. Okay, wanted nothing to do with it. I've got an older brother, um, John Johnny Miller. He is uh, some, this dude knows politics. He knows history. This guy knows, but he's a little nuts, right? He's just he's passionate <laughs> like me, but he just kind of has a wild side. And I never, I remember in, uh, when the impeachment happened in 2019, he talked to me about the Steele dossier, right? And how it was made up. And I was like, no, I'm sure it wasn't made up. They probably twisted something or they might have had a false witness or, but it wasn't made up. Like I didn't buy it. They're going to impeach Donald Trump. And I'm like, I wonder what Trump did. And I started following this. And Nino, when I looked behind the curtain, I was blown away. These people are straight evil. They are straight insane. I, they made up the Steele dossier. They made up the, Rus- the, the the Russia collusion. They made up the Ukraine phone call. It was Hold on, all- yeah, yeah. Be careful with Ukraine. Okay. okay. I get, I get, oh. I get notifications on what I can and can't say. If you want this to go on Fluffy, if not, we can yeah, put it on. Okay. No, we're just gonna. I just want to point that out. That pulled me in, and I saw something that had a major problem. And then we had the you know the bank robbery happen. And uh, this is where, you know, where my purpose really started. January 2021, I called my buddy. I think we both, like, text each other the same afternoon. And we were like, dude, we got to do something. You know, I buried my head in the sand. And I was, like, wanting to move into a cabin in the woods. And I was so devastated, bro. I mean, I had, you know, I, I was just after, after After the bank robbery. After the bank robbery, yep. yeah, because it was so blatantly obvious. Everyone witnessed the bank robbery, and it was like a slap. It was, dude, you knew right then and there we are in deep shit. We are in deep shit. That's exactly yeah, what. That's, I exa- that's like a nuke hitting America, bro. It, it it just so about, but I could only be silent for maybe a month or two, right? And then I called my buddy, and we text each other at the same time, and we said we got to talk, and we talked, and anyway, 
So we started We the People Canton. It's a patriot group that meets every week in Canton at a restaurant. Um, every Thursday night at 7, if anybody's in the Canton area or can come start County, we have an amazing group of people. Remember, this is a year into COVID. A lot of people, their churches are shut down, Boogie right? Man. Boogie man. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So uh, their churches are shut down. And uh, so people are looking for, you know, something to do and something to, you know, feel like they're a part of, like they're not nuts. So we have our own little community there, right? Um, amazing, amazing uh, speakers that we have in. We had, we were on different campaigns the group supported campaigns. And that kind of got me in. I became the uh, county lead for Joe Blystone for Ohio governor. We had a cowboy that ran here, uh, cowboy and the beard manners, you know, really behind the campaign. And our group really helped with that. Uh, we pr- we did protests. We worked with hospitals. We helped. Uh, there's a company. You ever heard of Schmucker's Jam, like Schmucker's Jelly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're just like five minutes from my house. Well, come to find out the CEO is a total Nazi, bro. And uh, so our group went and stood with the employees. We raised uh, helped them raise like $28,000 for a lawsuit against them. Um, so we really, you know, that's kind of what we, right. We went with nurses from the hospitals. We stood with them on the street corners, uh, prayed with them and, uh, and we had events for them. And, and, uh, and so that really, that's kind of what we've been doing is for activism. We had the campaigns I was a part of. And then uh, um, that was, you know, twenty. 2021, that's really kind of what started to form my purpose. But then last year, and, and, and I, there's a lot of good things happening. I want to make sure that I, that people realize how many good things are happening. Okay. I want everyone to think about the people that are involved in politics and government, um, that weren't involved before 2020. And how did we get there? Because we wanted to go to church. We wanted to go fishing and hunting and camping and forget about all the outside. So we did our thing and they, and they came and they robbed us. Now look who, look how many people are awake. Okay. Look how many people are fighting that weren't. I have a friend. I want to tell you a story. Her name is Jessica Franz. She's from uh, uh, west of Columbus and she is homeschooling her kids. She's elected school board member. Uh, let's see. She's running for a state central committee, board of directors for the Ohio Republican Party, District 5. This woman homeschools her kids, is on the school board, and is running for state central committee. She had never been involved until this. Look, you can't suppress the truth and the amount of patriots that are coming out. It, you can't stop it. And as, as mad as we get, as discouraged as we get, I have to remind myself sometimes, you can't put truth back in the bottle. You right. can't stop this. When it happened for those people who say that, you know, well, look at, you know, Hitler and look at all these other uh, totalitarian regimes that end up killing their people. They didn't have social media. Correct. hundred percent. This saves you and your podcast. We are saving lives, man, because they can control the, so they can control the radio and TV and they censor us, but they can't control this. And therefore, you're not going to stop what's coming. No. I really believe that. Um, so there's a friend of mine, Joe Healy, he has a website, Ohio Patriots Alliance, Columbus, Ohio, Ohio Patriots Alliance. He started going around and teaching people how your government works, local government. So local action for national impact. He came to our group and he taught us all about the county central committee. Okay. 
and it blew my mind. Nino, if we could get your listeners to go find out who their county central committees are and run for county central committee, you could take Hold on, I don't even know this. County central committee? So some 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 states will call it their uh, committee men. Um, um, it's called County Central Committee here in my county or in my state. Um, you know, CCC is how you'll see it a lot of times. He taught how it works. You know, Abraham Lincoln said a government of the people, by the people, for the people. The government runs from the ground up. And I had this moment to where I saw how it's supposed to be run, why this is the greatest country on earth, why this system is so important, powerful. Our Constitution was written straight out of the Bible from Moses and Aaron, right? And their father-in-law comes down and tells them, hey, this is how you got to you know, take care of business. So when I saw how this worked, I got inspired to run. So I want to find out who's my county central committee. Here, I live in Wayne County, Ohio. We have 25, um, we have 25 county uh, precincts. And each precinct has a county central committee man or a precinct man. Um, here in here where I live, uh, the mayor is the county central committee man. Well, I found out he voted for our governor, whom our governor is just our governor here in Ohio is is a total. He's a liberal. He's not conservative. We we can't stand the patriots. Don't can't stand him. So right. I was like, you know what? This is a good reason to run. I met him, and I, I'm actually great friends with. I became good friends with the mayor. I became friends with the uh, county commissioner. And if I could encourage people to do something, go find out who your elected officials are. You know, you don't have to be in politics or run for office, but go find out who these people are. Talk to your sheriff, who has the ultimate authority over bank robberies. The sheriff does. Make friends with your board of elections. Find out who your county central committee people are. And then so then I ran against him. We had a May 3rd primary here in Ohio. And by the grace of God, I beat him. I beat him by wow. an exact vote. You're running. What are you running for? County central committee. County said that's what you're running for. And you beat him. It's, I already ran. Actually, I'm all, the election's already over. I, I, I got so I won in May 3rd. I won the election. What? So, I know. <laughs> what a comeback story, Jason. Wow. I'm elected, I know. So wow. that's how we take over our government. These stories are everywhere. <clears throat> We've got the state central committee right now is a big deal in Ohio. August 2nd, we have an election. Because we broke up the elections, we're going to have a really poor showing. And we really need to take back our state central committees. There, There's $3 million missing from the Republican Party here in Ohio. Three million dollars missing. And all the patriots that were running for Congress, that were running for Senate, none of them won their seats. So we need the state central committee. It's super important. So I just you know encourage mad people, make sure you're voting on August 2nd. You have people like Jessica Franz from District 5. You have people like Sabrina Warner. They own a restaurant called Knuckleheads in Columbus. She's running in her district. Her husband, Jake, is running in their district. Um Go look up their story. It's called The Warners. Their YouTube channel is called The Warners. And they have an amazing story of how they withstood the tyranny. They would not let the health department in. They would not shut down. Their business blew up. They're both running for state central committee. They These people got guts, man. These people are fighters. And uh, their story on YouTube, The Warners, and you'll see an incredible story that will give you hope. Because follow those people. Sabrina Warner is the one that's going to have the biggest challenge. She's fighting a rhino. But the point is, guys, we have to forget about D.C. Forget about D.C. right now. we got to come into our own communities 
and take care of business here. If you hate politics, go to the school board. If you don't like that, at least prayer walk your town. You know, get involved locally. There's no job too small. Those are all so important. There's so many good things happening. There's a there's another place I think I wanted to point out, guys. There's an app called Public Square that promotes patriot businesses. Public Square. I know the uh, the regional leader, uh, Christina Bretz in Illinois, and we have Matt Chandler here in Ohio. Amazing people. Our group is very passionate about promoting patriot businesses. Listen, if you make us wear a mask, we're going to blast you on social media. We'll protest. <laughs> our done store. I'll go in there, call you a Nazi and raise hell. Like we are not supporting that garbage anymore. I, and I'm, with you. I'm with you on that. Man. So how do we do that? It feels overwhelming. Can I really stop shopping at Walmart? Start somewhere. Go to Public Square. Look up. Follow them on Instagram. Look up. Uh, you know, look up a business that's Patriot owned and shop there. Right. Go talk to your mayor. Encourage him to tell him you, you care about him. You know, go go meet the county commissioners. This These are simple things. Local. Anybody can find out who it is. That's what I'm passionate about. Local government, man. Keep it small. Keep it simple. And and, it, and, and you make an immediate impact. You know, DC, on that note, on that note, also, folks, I'll put the link for Patriot Switch to Buy American. I'm also going to put that down on the at the uh, at the end of this video. So that's another thing you could do is go to the Patriot Switch. And I'll put I'm that in the, in the description. I'm up on that, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get involved in that Patriot Switch. I've I've got Absolutely. the link from uh, um, your friend that hooked me up with you here. So. Yeah, absolutely. So where can people find you, Jason? Where can people find you? Um, I mean, I do have a YouTube channel. Um, I have a YouTube. It's Jason D. Miller. There's a picture of a semi. I was involved in the D.C. truck convoy. Um, you know, when the convoy went to D.C., I went with them and stayed with them. And uh, um, the movement itself, what, what they wanted to do with it wasn't as powerful as the connections we made, the community we built, bro. The campfire talks, the prayers around the campfire, powerful. A lot of my stuff from that is on Jason D. Miller. Um, I do a lot of Instagram. Okay. Uh, people, that's probably the best place for people to contact me. Twisted Miller. <laughs> Twisted Miller. <all> right. <laughs> you know, I, was, I love I, it. I was going to do Twister Miller, but you know, that's a tornado guy. A lot of people call him the tornado guy, right? I dude, I'm having a, I'm having problems thinking about what I'm going to name this video, dude. It's like there's just so much here. There's just so much subject matter. I don't even know what to do. I'm like, what can I name this? What can I possibly ah, name? Man. This? I don't know. From uh, yeah, from um, from heroin to the office. No, I don't know. Bro. <laughs> oh I'll, man, I'll send you some ideas, but. Uh, there's a, there's a lot. I got a crazy story, man. And I only told like you know, 1% of it. So um, um, I also, hold on. I also, I just started a rumble channel. Um, you know, I'm like you, I don't want to get off YouTube, but I want to transition, right? It'd be amazing. I just started the channel. It's called Patriots Awakening. Patriots Awakening on Rumble. Awakening. That's it. Just Patriots Awakening on Rumble. And I just put up an intro video on there. And I'm really going to want to start doing a lot. I've got a lot of people that buy, that hammer me. Like, are you doing your social media? Are you making videos? My YouTube channel has a lot of how I got sober, how to stay sober, what I do to stay sober. Yeah, you, you keep it, you keep it fluff tube. I keep it fluff tube. Most of right. my YouTube. Um, I do stream some of our We the People Canton meetings on there. We had a constitutional lawyer on there a couple of weeks ago. I streamed that. Powerful man. Um, you know, but uh, you know, mo I started my YouTube channel for addiction. 
recovery. Uh, I think there's a hole, man. And my heart is still there, man. I still would love, you know, want to mentor young guys and be involved. I go back to the rehab and do devotions there. Sometimes take a guy out and, uh, you know, I'm real passionate about that, but mental health, um, you know, is, is, is really the root cause of addiction. I think we both kind of probably realize, agree with that. hundred percent. So Jason, I, I want to thank you for coming on, man. Um, I'm going to put this up on Nino's corner.tv and my fluff tube. I think, I think this is, I think I can do it. I think this will be a video that can go on there. Um, I appreciate you. And what was that? Ohio Patriots Alliance, what.com or. Yeah. Ohio Patriots Alliance. My buddy, Joseph Healy, he could come and teach your group how local government works. It's so simple, guys. They don't want you to know. They don't want you to know this. And uh, if you can get the grasp of how our local government works, and then this is how we're going to save our country is with local action. And, uh, you know, there's tons of patriot groups out there. We're in Canton. My friend Melanie has one in Medina. They're all over. Find one. Join one. Join the community, right? Make connections. Go meet your neighbors. Go meet the Amish, the Mennonites, because what's coming is going to be a whole new America, and there's some hard times coming, man. But we're going to make it. We just got to get these patriots in these positions, right, like me in the county central committees, uh, new mayors. New, we, got, we, have a new, um, we have a new commissioner that's a good guy here. So, Jason, thank you. Um, let's keep in touch. I'll bring you on again. And, uh Man, more power to you, brother, and I'm so happy you're sober and you're doing this. What a story, dude. What an incredible story. Thank you for sharing it on my channel. God bless you guys. Thanks for having me, man. I'm It's honored. I'm honored. All right, Jay, I'll keep in touch with you. All right. God bless. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home 
wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now.